0: so let me bring a message i have captioned the manifestation of the sons of god and i'll be reading two sets of scripture first from romans chapter 8 and then secondly from first john chapter 3. let me read 18 to 25 the verses 18 through 25 of romans chapter 8 and i'll read from the king james version of the bible uh, no from the new king james version of the bible i am a king james person In my mind, there is a King James. But for easy communication, let me use the new King James. Apostle Paul writing says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Did you hear that? There's glory that's going to be revealed in us. Or unveiled. It is like something that has been covered and it's going to be uncovered. That is the word revealed. All right? 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of. of the sons of God. The King James says for the manifestation of the sons of God. If you have followed my messages I have explained that the phrase the sons of God is not a question of gender but a question of title. A son of God simply means God in human body. And that is who we have become in Christ Jesus. First John chapter 3. Which we'll be reading very soon says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. The sons of God means that we are gods in human bodies. And Apostle Paul says that the endless expectation of the creation, in other words, all of creation eagerly waits for the revealing our true color. Let me put it in our local parlance our true identity. Our true glory has been veiled because of the mortal body we still dwell in. You see, we are saved in our spirits through faith when we believe the gospel and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And then we are being saved in our souls through the renewing of our minds. But ultimately, we're going to be saved in our physical bodies. This mortal body, this dying body is also going to be saved And that is what God uh, is explaining here that the endless expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, if we say we are sons of God, if we say we are gods in human body, how do we look like? Uh, What is our identity? What is our uniqueness? What makes us so special and different from the rest of humankind who are also in The mortal body is just like us. Creation is waiting for that revealing. Creation is waiting for that unveiling. Creation is waiting for that manifestation. The endless expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing, for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 20 says, For the creation was subjected to futility, the American will say futility, okay? The creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. What is Scripture talking about here? When Adam fell, okay, and fell short of the glory of God, the true glory of all other creation was also concealed, was also hidden as it were and God subjected all of creation to futility. In other words something that does not depict the true glory of all creation. In other words when you see creation and you admire it what God is telling you and me is that it's got nothing to do you know it it cannot be compared with the original glory. What you are seeing it can never be compared with the glory that know that particular thing you are admiring contains it has been subjected all of creation what we see is not a real thing this world has been subjected to futility every creation talk about the trees talk about the beauty of the flowers talk about everything that we so admire that is why isaiah prophesied in isaiah 67 that the former, he calls this very well, the former. He said it shall not be remembered, nor come to mind by virtue of the glory that shall be unveiled. When we are revealed, creation will also be unveiled. Okay, Creation will manifest its true glory. Then we will discover that, oh, all this while creation was subjected to futility. What is futility? To emptiness, to chaos, to nothingness creation has been subjected to nothingness creation is not what it i mean it looks like now real the real creation and the glory thereof is bigger bigger than our mind can accommodate and and, and appreciate for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly it wasn't because creation was willing to go through that but it was because of the fall but because of him who subjected it in hope. 21 says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Did you hear that? Creation has been subjected to the bondage of corruption because of Adam. The creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God, of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, when the sons of God are unveiled or revealed, manifested, then creation will also be unveiled. So the creation will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. There is corruption in this world, mind you. There is corruption. Everything in this world, including our mortal bodies, is subject to corruption. Is subject to depreciation. Everything in this world, apart from the recreated, born-again spirit of the human person, everything depreciates with time. The only thing that appreciates with time is the born-again spirit, the recreated spirit. The Bible says that, you know, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, I wish you were born again if you are not. Because the only way you can enjoy true life and comfort and hope and fulfillment in this life is when you have the new life, the brand new life, the life of Christ in your spirit. So that even when your outward man is perishing, when you're going through pain, when you're going through sufferings, you just know that something on the inside is working on the outside. Bible says, in the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then the one that raised Christ shall also give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. The reason why the believer can walk in health and enjoy health is because of the life in the spirit. What you have in your spirit is what transcends Through your soul into your physical body. It manifests in your physical body. But the true glory in our spirit will be unveiled. When we shall put on our glorified immortal bodies. Hallelujah. Oh, let me read 21 again. Because the creation itself also will be delivered. From the bondage of corruption. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. 22 says, for we know. Do you know it? We know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Have you seen a woman in labor before? Or maybe you're a woman and you've gone through labor before. That is what the Bible is describing here. Creation is in labor pains. Creation is laboring. hmm? For we know that the whole of creation, not some, all of creation... Talking about the stars, the moon, the sun, the constellations, the heavens. Okay, the beauty of the mountains, whatever you admire in this world, they are all laboring. Bible says creation groans and labors with birth pangs, labor pains. I I want to manifest, I want to be revealed, but creation cannot be manifested until we are revealed first. For we know that the whole of creation groans and labors with birth until together until now. There is a, not only that, but we also, oh, my, 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 we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, we who have been born again by the Spirit, we who have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and we have had at least a taste of the Spirit, even we also. He says that. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves. I don't know whether that's your experience. There is a longing. Hmm? There is a longing. Somebody sang a song and said, There is a longing, only you can feel. A raging tempest, only you can steal. My heart is thirsty, Lord, to know you as i have known. Drink from the river that flows before your throne. Then He said, take me deeper, deeper in love with you. Jesus, hold me close in your embrace. Take me deeper, deeper than I've ever been before. I just want to love you more and more. How I long to be deeper in love. Did you hear that? I long to be deeper in love. The more you love him, the more you want to love him. The more you know him, the more you want to know him. That's God for you. We also, we are growing within ourselves. What are we saying? He said, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption what does he mean by adoption? Take note. For the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Oh, so when our bodies are saved, we call it the adoption. Hmm? Our, this is not like going to adopt a baby. You see, our concept of adoption is not what the Greek word is referring to here. He's talking about the redemption of our bodies. Our mortal bodies being glorified. Our mortal bodies, you know, having a transformation, a metamorphosis, a glorification. Already we are glorified on the inside, we are being glorified in our souls through the renewing of our minds, and we shall be glorified in our physical bodies. And he says that we also ground within ourselves, waiting, eagerly waiting for the adoption. And the King James says to wait. That is that is the redemption of our body. Verse 24 says, For we were saved in this hope. Listen, we were saved. I like the new King James version, a rendering of this particular verse. I'm telling you. Because the King James, for the first time, didn't put it rightly. The King James says, for by hope are we saved. No, we know we are saved by grace, through faith. For we were saved in this hope. In other words, if you are saved, you were saved to live in this hope. Let this be your longing. Let this be your expectation. Let this be your appetite. Let this be your desire. Let this be your inclination. Let this be your cravings. What are you craving for? I know some people are craving for sex, craving for money, craving for alcohol, craving for anything that can satisfy the human flesh. If you're married and you're craving for sex, it's legitimate. But there is something that satisfies the human soul more than anything else. And nothing else can satisfy the human soul anyway apart from when God and you interlock in what we call a koinonia, an intercourse, a Holy Ghost Intercourse, a communication that is deeper than the human mind can appreciate. That is what human souls that are born again, we who are born again, we who have the first fruits of the spirit, we who have been a partaker of the spirit, we are longing within ourselves, longing for this thing the redemption of our bodies. For we were saved in this hope. It's about hope that is seen, is not hope. Did you hear that? If you see, what you're hoping for, then it's not hope. Because you can see it. But hope that is see, that is seen is not hope. Then therefore, so for why does one still hope for what he sees? What do you see? Why are you still hoping for it? But if we hope for what we do not see, let's say in other words, we have not seen it yet. We don't even have the faintest idea how we're gonna be like. For if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. The King James says "For with with patience. We eagerly wait for it. I don't know whether that's your expectation. Waiting for that day when we shall be revealed. When we shall receive the adoption. That is the redemption of our bodies. But the question is until then. Whilst we are hoping whilst we eagerly wait for this redemption of our bodies, whilst we wait for the manifestation of the sons of God, what are we supposed to do in between time? What are we supposed to do between now and then when we shall be revealed, when we shall manifest as sons of God? Because creation cannot be made manifest until we manifest first. We are the first fruits of all of God's creation. So until we are manifested, until we are revealed, until we are unveiled, until our true glory comes forth, creation is still subject to the bondage of corruption. But it shall be delivered from this bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In other words, when we are gloriously liberated from this physical body, from this dying body, from this vile body, from this lowly body, then all of creation wants to be delivered. Glory be to God. What an expectation. What a desire. What a longing. What, What a craving a child of God must have. I don't know about you, but that's what God wants you and me to crave for. To long for. To desire for. To be even praying. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Maranatha. But in between, now and that time, what are we supposed to do? That takes me to First John, Apostle John also started talking along the same line. Then he now went into the practicality of what we are supposed to do between now and when what we are expecting shall materialize. Between now and when we shall be manifested, the manifestation of the sons of God. What are we supposed to do? Let's go to Apostle John in 1 John chapter 3. You will hear him talk. From the first three verses, he started talking like Apostle Paul. But then from verse 4 onwards, he started going deeper. He started showing us what we can do between now and when the sons of God shall manifest. And let me tell you, this message is to prepare us for 2021, which is our year of glorious emergence. If we are talking about emerging gloriously as a people, as a church, there is something Apostle John would want you and me to take note of that's where i'm going first john chapter 3 let me read from the new king james version here as well from the verse 1 of first john 3 he says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the new king james says children of god the king james says sons of god and i said son of god means god in human body what kind of love is this Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Don't be surprised when the world despises you. You ask them, do you know who I am? I am a child of God. But they don't even recognize it, because they didn't recognize Jesus as such. Till today, the nation Israel is still expecting the Messiah. Whereas Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the sons of God. So you and I have become sons of God. Gods in human body. What a, what a calling. Oh my, my, my. Look at it. He says that, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved. Mm, he calls me beloved. Beloved now. We are children of God. We are sons of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In other words, we don't have the faintest idea of what we are talking about, when we shall be revealed, when we shall manifest. We don't. We only have some glimpses because we know it has happened to Jesus already. He, he is the only one who has the glorified body, the immortal body. But we, is it, it does not yet appear... It has not yet been, you see I'm reading the King James in my mind, (laughs) but the New King James says, It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, when he appears, we shall be like him. That's what we just read about in Romans chapter 8. That we're going to receive the redemption of our bodies. The adoption. That is the redemption of our bodies. We're going to be like him on the outside. We are already like him on the inside. We have the born again spirit. The recreated spirit. We have the life of God on the inside. We have the nature of God. We are the righteousness of God. But we know that when he is revealed. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And never forget. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Bible says follow those. Follow. Follow. Follow, uh, um, follow. Uh, what's the word? And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow, that's a word. And then holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You can post that verse for me, but that's not my emphasis this morning. Okay? So, verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3 brings a word here and says, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Purity is the reason why we shall see Jesus, the pure in heart. Follow peace with all men, that's the word, and holiness. God wants us to be peaceful in the midst of all the, you know, political politicking. Mm? In the midst of all the divisions and the polarization of our nations. We are supposed to be agents of peace. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So, Apostle John writes and says that, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Okay, let's, now, John also says the same thing as Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 we just read, all right? But now, he begins to go into the practicality of the manifestation of the sons of God. Between now and when we shall manifest as sons of God, when we shall be revealed, what are we supposed to do? Verse 4, he says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him, there is no sin. Oh, I like that. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Let me go on. He says, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he is righteous. That is, God Almighty is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned From the beginning, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And look at the big one. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now before I go to verse 10 downwards, what is scripture talking about here from verse 4? To verse 9. He's saying that you can always know the difference between those who are of God and those who are of the devil. Because if you are the devil it simply means that you don't have God in you. The sin nature is what gives Satan access to those who are not of God. But if you are born again, the sin nature has been washed away from your spirit. The one who is not born again is on the inside is in his spirit what the leper is on the in the physical body on the outside. Okay, so that's the difference. It is what is in you that you produce. He who is righteous that practices righteousness. It's just like let's say television and radio. All radios, apart from you know very complicated ones, have been wired. They have been programmed to produce only sound. So when you tune in your radio, the only thing you hear is sound. For instance, as I'm talking, some are listening to me on IP online radio, whilst others are watching me on Facebook. What is the difference? On radio, they cannot see me, but they can hear my voice. Am I right? Those who listen on IP online radio, can you hear my voice? And you can confirm on the chat button on our website that yes, I can hear your voice. But can you see me? Certainly no, you can't see me because you are only listening on radio. But on Facebook, those watching on Facebook, you are not only seeing me, you are also hearing my voice. So if a radio set has not been programmed to produce vision and you force it, you hit it, you attack it, you do anything to it, it will still not be able to produce vision because it has only been wired programmed to produce only sound. Only sound. Likewise, what is in you is what will come forth when they press you, when they tune you. The righteous will only do right. He cannot sin. He doesn't have the sin nature in him. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Okay? Let me read those verses again. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him. In other words, the seed of God is the nature of God, the righteousness of God. Because you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second, second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Um uh, what's the name? He says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So if you are in Christ, you have been made right, not because you did right, but because you have been programmed that way, that is your programming. The programming, the wiring on the inside is that you have been programmed to do right. You can think right. You can talk right. You can do right. So when you see a believer sinning and enjoying sin, chances are that he is not a believer. Because when you are born again and the seed of God is in you, come on, yes, you may have the temptation to sin. But because that is not your nature, there will be a conviction. There will be an inner witness. There will be a sense of remorse that will make you know that You feel, you feel down, you feel naked, though you are clothed, but you feel naked. You feel everybody has seen you. The whole world is observing your nakedness. Why? Because you you are trying to do something you are not. You are trying to become what you are not. You are trying to manifest what you are not. Whoever is born of God, that's not sin. Because he sin, his sin is, remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. He cannot sin because he has been born of God. Look at verse 10. In this, the children of God, that's the sons of God, and the children of the devil are manifest. We are talking about the manifestation of the sons of God. You see, between now and when we shall be unveiled, our true glory shall be revealed, we can know the sons of God and those who are not sons of God. It is the way we conduct ourselves, it is the way we practice the Christian life. You can know. He said, In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Hey, Karabarandosa, love is the practice between now and our manifestation. You'll see it as I read on. you see it. Love is what? The practice between now and when we shall be manifested. In other words, love gives us a glimpse, an idea of how life is going to be like. When we shall be manifested as the sons of God, because the atmosphere of heaven is the atmosphere of love. Love is the commitment to the well-being of one another. You don't wish evil. You don't. You don't seek the downfall of a brother. You don't seek the. You know the the degradation, the retrogression of a brother or a sister. Your commitment, your prayer, your input, your desire is to see. And to, and, to, and to long for the progress of that brother. Because when one member suffers, the whole body suffers with it. And when one member is honored, the whole body rejoices. Oh, glory be to God. Are you there? In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Let there be love shared amongst us. Let there be love in us, And may this love fill this nation cause as a love to arise. Give us a fresh understanding of brotherly love that is real. Let her be loved, said us, let her be loved. This is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. Mm. You may say, but I, don't, I have not murdered anybody. Watch what is going to happen. And why did he murder him? because his works, Cain's works, were evil and his brother's righteous. 13. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Oh, sometimes we wonder, why do they hate me so much like this? He said, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Marvel not, that I say unto you. Marvel not, that I say unto you. Marvel not. That I say unto you, you must be born again. And after you are born again, do not marvel if the world hates you. Before you got born again, they celebrated with you. They enjoyed with you. You were in the dark together, enjoying darkness together. So so called enjoyment. But now that you are born again, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know, listen to this big one, verse 14, we know that we have passed. Hey, we are not going to pass. We have passed from death to life. How? Because we love the brethren. He is telling us that between now and our manifestation, the proof That you are part of those who are going to manifest. Is that you are practicing love. And you love the brethren. So by virtue of your love for the brethren. You have already passed from death to life. Can you say that to yourself? I have passed from death to life. Because I love the brethren. I long for their well-being. I seek their well-being. My desire, my appetite, my inclination, my passion, like Epaphras. Epaphras in Colossians 4.12, Apostle Paul testified about him that he always bore the church in mind. The, The rest of the brethren in prayer, he labored fervently for them day and night, that they may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He loved the brethren. And we know that we have passed from death to life. And the reason is that we have, I mean, we love the brethren. So if you don't love the brethren, you are walking in darkness because love is light. And when you are walking in darkness, any stray bullet can hit you. You don't even know what you stumble at. That's dangerous. Can you see the life we are supposed to live between now and our manifestation? By love, by love, the world will know. That we are awaiting a true manifestation. We are awaiting a savior who is soon coming. Coming soon. Alright. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Hmm? He who does not love. We, we are not talking about biological brother or sister here. We are talking about the brotherhood. Bible talks about the brotherhood, the brethren. Your true brother is the one that is with you in the same body of Christ. Yeah. That is not to say that you have nothing to do with your biological siblings. But when you're talking about brethren, we are talking about those of us in Christ Jesus. You are my brother. Yes, you are my brother. We are sons of God. Whether you are male or female, it's got nothing to do with gender. We are gods in human body. When we love one another, that's the proof that we have passed from death to life. He says, he who does not love his brother abides in death. Verse 15. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. So if you say that, oh, Cain was a murderer, how can you even murder, you know, your own brother? But the one who also hates his brother, Bible says, is a murderer. Are you there? When you hate a brother, can you imagine? In other words, you are bringing domination to your own self because you are part of the same body with that brother in the same body. So you are a murderer. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In other words, when you are a child of God, born again, spirit-filled, and you are called a son of God, a daughter of God, and you hate another brother or sister, you hate with passion, with vehemency. Do you know what we are doing? The Bible says that chances are that you don't even have eternal life in you because you are walking in darkness. Verse 16, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren i don't know whether we do that hey this one is a challenge to all of us by this we know love because we because he laid down his life for us jesus laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren But whoever has this world's goose, now he's telling us the practicality, okay, of love, what we call charity, the practical aspect of love. But whoever has this world's goose and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, the the King James says, and and shuts his bowels of compassion. How does the love of God abide in him? This practical love here. You have a brother. And he has need. And you can see that this one, I can be of help. That is not to endorse brothers who also, you know, don't do anything. Because I have preached these messages before. I remember during the early days of the COVID-19, I preached messages in series to that intent. And then one of the titles was, find what to do. All right. Okay. So when a brother is lazy and is eating laziness and is sleeping laziness, and is you know wasting life in laziness? Such a brother needs to be admonished that see you've got to work, okay? Bible says, Let him that stole still no more, but let him labor working with his hands the thing that is good that he may have to give to him that needs. So, the reason why we work. One of the main reasons why we work is so that we will have to give to those who need. But it doesn't mean that you should always be at the receiving end. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. You must strive to move from the receiving end to the giving end. But we are all not of the same grace in a way. We are all of the same advantage. Some have more advantage. Some are placed at a place where they will receive more so they can give more. And I pray that you will receive the grace to receive more so you can give more. But when you receive more and you hold, you become like the dead sea. The dead sea is the only sea that receives but has no outlet to express what it receives. So it is dead. All right. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Verse eighteen. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, if you say I love you, it's not just talk, but I saw the proof of it. I saw the practicality of it. I think that, especially in this era, where you know uh, some people have lost their jobs because of COVID-19, mind you, COVID-19 seems to be resurfacing not only in the temperate regions of the world, but even in Africa, in Ghana here. So we've got to take more caution. We've got to work in love, help somebody to avoid COVID-19 infection. Is that all right? Some have lost their jobs and may never get that job again. He said, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth. It is only this that will make us know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. In other words, we'll have that assurance that we are, we are on course. Like we say, we are on course. He tells us, I'm on course. I'm walking in love. Verse 20, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Oh, what a communication. In other words, when you don't even know, God knows. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Verse 21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. I pray That we will begin to walk in practical love, charity, love towards one another. That is a sign that we are prepared to be manifested as sons of God. Because when we manifest as sons of God, the atmosphere we will carry will be the love of God. Remember that love is already in our hearts. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. We have it. And when we manifest, that love will become the atmosphere. The atmosphere of heaven is the atmosphere of love. There is no hatred. Bible says God is light. And in, in him is no darkness at all. When you are walking in hatred, you are walking in darkness. When you have bitterness in you, you can poison every other brother around you. Why? Because the Bible says, Let any root of bitterness springing up among you and thereby many be defiled. When you carry bitterness in your heart, when bitterness you know, consumes you so much that you withdraw from the brethren and you begin to you know, mind your own business and yet you are not your, of yourself. We are of one another and we are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus Christ is the one in whom we are complete. We don't find our completion in ourselves. There is no body, and for that matter, there is no ministry. It doesn't matter how many branches that ministry has. You can talk about any church, like let's say Lighthouse Church, that has many branches all over the world, as as large as Lighthouse Church. You know, chapel is, with many branches, that ministry cannot be complete in themselves. There is another ministry somewhere, like let's say, Christian Action Faith Ministries, Action Chapel, or maybe International Central Gospel Church, or maybe um, International Prayer Research Ministries, that has something that will complement all these other ministries. So no matter how big we become, no matter how many branches we extend from here and there, we are still not complete in ourselves. We can never have it all. There is somebody somewhere that God will stop, you know, so that we will not be self-sufficient. So that, I mean, when I say self-sufficient, we will not be sufficient in ourselves. But we will find our sufficiency in God, in Christ, who manifests himself through others, who are also of the same body. Hallelujah. Oh, mandolobosipra. Can I finish the verses? Let me quickly read through. All right. Verse 21 again. But beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. 22 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Let me tell you, God wants us to please him. The other time I was saying in one of the dumb broadcasts, God wants us to please him. And there are sacrifices that please God. Okay? One of the sacrifices is to do good. And to say, I spoke about the sacrifice of praise. I spoke about the sacrifice of prayer, the sacrifice of fasting, the sacrifice of lifting up our hands in prayer. It's a sacrifice. He says, let my prayer be said before you as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Apostle Paul picked that revelation and said, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, without doubt. It's a sacrifice. But there's a sacrifice we usually forget. It's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. He says that, But to do good and to share or to communicate, do not forget this one. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God is well pleased. And he wants us to please him. So here he says, verse, Verse 20. 22 again, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Does that not tell you and me that one of the reasons why probably we ask God and we do not receive is because we do not do those things that are pleasing in his sight? I think it tells us even in the natural, when a child pleases the father, Bible says if a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a child pleases the father, the father is ready to do anything. He can just buy a ticket and say, go to Honolulu for holiday. Hallelujah. Are you there? Or go to Canada for scholarship and go and study and, and, you know, and do your master's and do your PhD. That is not to say that any other place is not better. I just mentioned these areas as examples. I don't know where you want to go, but I want to go and see Jesus face to face. That's my longing. That's my desire. Verse 23, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another. Jesus has his commandments. First, believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ. We have that Confidence in the name of Jesus, but after believing on the name, the next thing is what love one another as he gave us Commandment love one another that is the preparation towards our manifestation If we are waiting the manifestation of the sons of God, which we read in Romans chapter 8 He says between now and then walk in love love one another love, love is the culmination. is the fulfillment. It is the finality of the law. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let me read the last verse. 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. It's the Holy Spirit who makes these things a reality. In other words, If you want to live the authentic Christian life, you've got to have the Holy Spirit at work in your life. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Yes, love is part of the recreated spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. But it's the Holy Spirit in us who makes this love gets expressed. We express love by the workings of the Holy Ghost. I pray That as we prepare for our year of glorious emergence in the year 2021, we will start working in charity. We will start working in practical love. We will start, you know, practicing love. We will start care for one another. We will pray for one another. We will call on one another. We will check on one another. We will see whether a brother or a sister is okay or not. If the brother doesn't have a job, whether I can help the brother have a job, whether we should let love circulate. Among us. It's a mystery. That is how we will beat this world. That is how the world will know that we are sons of God indeed. Are you ready to be manifested as a son of God? The endless expectation of the creature, of creation, waits, eagerly waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. And as we wait for what we do not see, we wait with perseverance. And as we persevere, God wants you and me to walk in love. Will you begin to lift up your voice and begin to pray? Say, Lord, Help me to exercise practical love.